our debate. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Savannah. Let's all stand together. So those of you that they were there last night, Brother Brian was preaching out of Isaiah chapter number 6. He got into Isaiah chapter number 7. He, went, he bounced a couple of different places. And he texted me before he got down there tonight. He said, he said, I don't, he said, don't really know. I'm not really settled yet. He said, but God will settle me. He said, I guess I can preach on the dung gate. That'll always work. I said, I just preach on all of them and get it over with. I said, all of them, every one of them. So those of you that have been here, Brother Dylan, you say amen that you ain't down there tonight. I don't know what gate they're getting or if they're getting a gate or not. But either way, when in doubt, he's going to the dung gate, I think, tonight. So we've been there before. But as I was sitting here last night, I looked over to Isaiah chapter number 5. And you say, Brother Brandon, this says, this is really my title. Nothing fancy tonight, Brother Evan. It's simply the parable of the vineyard. The parable of the vineyards. Say, Brother Brandon, we don't grow vineyards. Our preacher preaches against vineyards. And, and this may be a different type of vineyard, a different type of juice and not fermented. And I'm not preaching on alcohol tonight, although we could. But uh, I'm, I'm preaching tonight on that thought, the parable of the vineyard. That's literally what my Schofield says above it, the parable of Jehovah's vineyards. If you don't have a Schofield, you still can read this and realize quickly that the author is giving a parable of a vineyard. Now, a parable is simply an earthly a story on, on man's level. If God taught in the way that, in the intellect that he was, that he was you know, qualified to teach him, we couldn't understand it. So oftentimes in the Bible, when a parable doesn't mention names. A parable, that's why the, the rich man and Lazarus, that wasn't a parable. That's a, a real life, that's an account because Lazarus' name is mentioned. There really was a man that went to heaven. There really was a man that went to hell. I believe that with all my heart. But tonight, this is a parable. It doesn't give necessarily names in this, in this text, although it references Judah and it references other people. But a parable, young people, is just a story or an account that can be given that's, a, that's applicable to our life for the herald but that's made for our level. And that's what I need tonight is stuff that's on my level. So you say, Brother Brandon, are you a professional at a vineyard? I'm not. Do you know how to grow a vineyard? I don't. My bushes are dying around my house, Brother Evan. I can't grow a vineyard because I can't even grow a, a holly bush without it dying. They're pretty hard to kill, Brother Jonathan. But regardless, I don't know much about vineyards, but I do know Isaiah chapter number 5 spoke to my heart last night, and I never, ever, ever want to preach something that I don't have the green light to preach, but I've got the green light tonight, so you bear with me, and we'll go home shortly. And uh, verse number 1. Isaiah chapter number 5, the Bible says, Now will I sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard and a very fruitful hill. And he fenced it, and he gathered out all, all the stones thereof, and he planted it uh, with, the choice, with the choicest vine, and he built a tower in the midst of it, and also made a winepress therein. And he looked, and it should bring forth, and he looked uh, that it should bring forth grapes, and it brought forth wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, I pray you, betwixt me and my vineyard, verse number 4, what could have been done more to my vineyard? So he's looking back at this, this, this crop of wild grapes, and he's asking the question, what else could I have done to prevent this, that I have not done it? Wherefore, when I looked that it should bring forth grapes, brought it forth wild grapes, and now go to, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge thereof, and it shall be eaten up and broken down, the wall thereof, and it shall be trodden down. Verse number 6, And it will lay waste, and I will lay waste, and it shall be, not be pruned nor digged, uh, but there shall come up briars and thorns, and I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. You say, Brother Brandon, how does I got anything to do with what, how does God speak to you through that text last night as our pastor is preaching and how could it be applied to our church and how could it be applied 
to our young people. I started dissecting verse number 2, and it, and it describes tonight to me, you may read it and get something totally different, but it's describing to me, not only our youth ministry, but our church at this church, at Faith Community Baptist Church. They said, Brother Brandon, I don't see it. Well, let's take it apart real quickly, line by line, dot by dot, letter by letter, and allow the Lord to help us tonight. And by His grace, I want to preach on that thought, the, simply the parable of the vineyard. Lord, we thank You tonight for loving us. Thank You, God, for helping us tonight. And I pray, God, that You'd help my words. I pray, God, You'd help my heart. God, I pray, God, that my, my heart wouldn't come across as arrogant, God, but that it would come across as, as hurting and, and as burdened and, and as wanting to do our best to help our church tonight. God, and I know, God, the masses, God, may not be here tonight. God, in number, God, but I know with all my heart, God, this is what needs to be applied to my life. God, everyone listening to whatever channel is available in our, in our live stream, God, and I pray you touch that as well tonight, God, and see fit, God, to, to fix that. God, but I pray, God, no matter who hears this message tonight, God, that they'd hear the words of your, speak, your, your, your word of your Bible, God, not necessarily the speaker, God, but you'd help us tonight. God, we'll thank you and we'll praise you in your name I pray. Amen. Now, it's not hard to realize, we say, Brother Brandon, I don't understand the Bible. We've got to understand, first of all, in order to understand the Bible, you must know the author. And I said that the other day, Brother Tim Gammon says that often. And if you don't know the author of the Bible, you're probably not going to get the text tonight. And sometimes the Bible is hard to read, even if you know the author. But if you'll look at it and you'll allow the Lord to speak to you and you'll be prayed up, and you'll, be, and you'll be worshiped up, and you'll be devotioned up. God will speak to you through the Word of God. And God speaks to you in a way that He can't speak to me, and in me a way that He may not speak to you. But it's very easy to see, no matter how much IQ you have, or how much Bible knowledge you have, or how many years of seminar you've been to, or how many years of public school or Christian school you've been to, that it's easy to see that verses number 1 through verse number 6 is describing a vineyard and its keeper. Everybody agree with that tonight? We've read about a vineyard. That's where you find vines. That's where you find grapes. That's where you find all the things that we've looked at tonight, a wine press and all the instruments that's there. But how does that and why would the Lord put a parable in chapter number 5 of Isaiah dealing with the vineyard? Well, first of all tonight, looking at this vineyard, I want you to notice a few things and then we'll make application and we'll get you back to your house. But I noticed first of all, Miss Janet, the, the location of this vineyard. You think about growing a vineyard or growing anything. The Bible says in verse number 1, Now I will sing of my, to my well-beloved a song of my beloved touching his vineyard. My well-beloved hath a vineyard. And notice this last phrase, in a very fruitful hill. That means that he went and he picked out ground, Brother James, that was very fruitful. He didn't pick out somewhere that had a lot of, had a lot of sand. He didn't pick out somewhere that didn't have a, have a lot of nutrients. And uh, sometimes like my front yard, sometimes like that, or my flower beds, and the topsoil may be gone. But regardless of the fact, he picked somewhere that he knew that a vineyard could have every right and had everything that it needed to be grown here. Many of you grow your crops down by the river. Some of you grow your crops down by, by a creek or wherever it may be to where you have a good source of water. And we do that because none of us would, would, would on purposely plant something, Brother, Brother Randy, that was not a fruitful ground. We're not going to plant a row of corn up here on the platform. We're not going to plant green beans down the center aisle of the church because there's carpet, there's cement, but that's not the case tonight. This man, Brother Hoyt, he planted it in a very fruitful hill, a place that had been proven success in the past. I would dare say this probably isn't the first crop that's been grown on this area. 
Somebody, in order for him to know that it would be fruitful, somebody's planted something in this area tonight, Brother Nikki, that he knew that it has a history of growing something here. Many of our farmers, Brother Adrian, one year you'll have corn, then you'll have soybeans, and we have different things. But most of the time, they don't just go through the woods and make a brand new field every year. They don't just take up trees every year. They use the same proven ground, though it's relying on water, it's relying on a lot of things. But we use the same ground because it has been proven successful. Sounds to me like a lot, reading this verse tonight, Brother Kevin, about like, it sounds to me a lot like to me, Brother Kevin, about a church, like a church, like our church, where the Lord has met and moved in several and in, in, in great ways in times past. Think about a fruitful church. You say, Brother Brandon, I'd like to go somewhere where a church has seen God move. This would be a good candidate for a church that's like that. We're very fruitful. God's done great things here. I can go back and recollect, and I was even today as I was studying here, of things that I've seen God do, not only for this youth group, but they have it in the college group and for our church group, and seeing God move and being able to, to call someone and say, man, you should have been there today, or you should have been at this revival meeting, or you should have been there at the college and career meeting when it spilled over to extra days. God's done great things here at our church, young people, and that's because this is a fruitful place. So why in the world would we choose to raise a youth group, or why, Brother, Brother, Brother Wayne, would we choose to come back Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday and week after week? Why do we just keep coming back? It's because this ground, Brother Harold, has proven to be fruitful. Can I be honest with you tonight? If I was coming to a church with my two boys and it was dead, I would leave. I would leave. You say, Brother Brandon, why, why do so many people don't? I don't know. That's, that's, that's life's biggest ministry. But I'm telling you, if I'm not getting fed, it's not fruitful. And if all the nutrients is gone, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Occasionally at my house, and we try to get every last drop out of everything. But right now, I've got two shampoo bottles. You say, why do you even use shampoo? I don't know. I tell my wife not to buy it, but I use it anyways. But every once in a while, you put a little water in there, and you can shake it a little bit more, and you get a little bit more out. Well, then all of a sudden, it's like air. But it's like magic. The next day, if it sits upside down, you go to squeeze it, there's a little bit more comes out. Toothpaste the same way. And we roll toothpaste at our house up till it's like a Tootsie Roll, and it squeezes a little bit more out because we may forget to buy it at the store. Now, deodorant, you can't skip on deodorant. Once it gets down to that plastic, it's going to cut you. You can't skip on deodorant, all right? Everybody knows what I'm talking about. You've opened your deodorant, and there ain't nothing there. Some of you, I can tell. But, I, but I, or you can tell on me as well. But I, I, I'm saying this. And uh, strike one, all right? But I, I think about, man, in, in our life, we want to we use things as fruitful. We go back to things that have nutrients. We go back to things that's proven. I think about the camps, young people, the meetings, the revivals, and even the meetings down there on Wednesday night when God saved people and, and reporting up to here. And I love texting Brother Allen during service, and it may not happen often, but it happens enough to keep me excited. I text him and say, hey, listen, we had one saved. Or he'll text me and say, we had one saved. Or we had at family and friends day, we were down there getting drinks ready. The young lady gave her heart to the Lord right up here. I like getting those kind of messages and I'm thankful. I'm saying I'm thankful to come to a church that's fruitful. The Bible says this keeper of this vineyard, he planted this vineyard on a very, the Bible says, I believe it says the word very, not just fruitful, it says very fruitful hill. I'm thankful for all the things. This place, this ground we have been, has been well known. This place in this Bible, it would have been well known through the community. More than likely, it would have held a high value at market. This ground that he's planting this vineyard on, if it were to sell, people would know that it's a fruitful piece of ground. It'd be worth more than a gully or, or a rock ledge or something that was of no use. It would, be, it would have high value. It would most likely be lusted over by many. People would walk by this vineyard here and they see this guy working and they're saying, as we do, man, I wish I had that. You go by a farm and it looks luscious and everything's green and, and you say, man, I, I wish my yard looked like that. 
Every time I go by the dash stadium down there in Winston, I look in the outfield, I say, man, why can't my yard look like that outfield? But there's a lot of money differences. Why I don't have a legacy sponsoring my yard or whoever's sponsoring that field. But I think about it in my life, man, I, you lust after it. You say, with the brand, I've got a 93 Ford Ranger pickup truck. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But today I hadn't lusted over a 93 Ford Ranger pickup truck. But I go through Winston-Salem and I see a, a, I see a Duramax sitting on 37-inch tires. Some of you don't know what that means or a Ford or whatever it may be. I might begin to lust a little bit because I'm made out of the same place you are. That, 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 that gets my attention a little bit more than a 93 Ford Ranger pickup truck. Now, if you drive one of those, that's fine. But I'm just not lusting after your truck tonight as much as I am somebody else's. But my point is this. Man, this land was special. This land was valuable. This land was, was unique and it was very, very rich. Young people, you say, Brother Brandon, why do we care about a piece of land in the Old Testament? I thought about that because it relates again to our church. Say, Brother Brandon, why does nobody ever lust after me? Why does nobody ever look at, not, not, not physically, but why does nobody ever want what I've got spiritually? Why does nobody ever want what I have of the Lord? Well, if that's, if that's my case and I'm asking that, maybe I should check up because if I've got nothing that nobody wants, something's wrong in my life. Right. Brother Brandon, nobody ever asks me Bible questions. There's a reason. Brother Brandon, I'm talking to myself tonight just about talking to you. Say, Brother Brandon, nobody ever asked me to lead them to the Lord. There's probably a reason. We ought to be very, very fruitful in our lives. We ought to have a desire to be fruitful in our lives. People walk by us. It shouldn't be a, I've got a Christianity t-shirt or I, I love Jesus or WWJD. Nothing wrong with any of that. But that shouldn't be what proves our Christianity. This land was fruitful. Young people, you're sitting here tonight. You're sitting, and I said this a while ago, and I mean it, we're moving on, but... You're sitting in one of the most fruitful places in all of Yakin County tonight. It's not at the credit union. It's not at BB&T. You're at any BB&T no more. Truist or it's not at First Citizens. They ain't First Citizens no more. They changed their name more than anything. Whatever bank you bank with, that's not the most fruitful place in the county. It's not at Little Richards. It's not at Aces. It's not at Alex's. It's not at a, at a, at a Board of Elections. It's not even at our school system, but the most fruitful place and one of the most fruitful places that I've ever been in my entire life, Brother Harold, from my teenage years all the way up. I'm standing on the platform tonight in one of the most fruitful places in all the world. And a lot of times we take that for granted, but it's fruitful. Rich history, rich heritage, I was back there today getting a piece of paper out of the office to jot some notes down on. I looked up and there's pictures of our church from the beginning build all the way through. They're back there hanging. You say, but the brand we're tight on Sunday mornings. You should have been back there. Think about being in one of them church buildings and being tight. Man, you had no, no steeple and then we got a little bit of wings and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And now we're praying for the next step in our church and pastor, our pastor's vision. And, and we're moving forward. But we have a rich heritage. We have royal, royal recognition. Even on Facebook, somebody noticed us. They shut us down, Brother Evan, but somebody noticed we were here. Real conviction, reality preaching. I'm just saying tonight that this vineyard was a very fruitful vineyard. It was a very fruitful hill. Brother Brandon, why should I be thankful that I come to a church that's very fruitful? Because let me tell you, the location of this vineyard is important in the story. But not only to look at the location of the vineyard, but diving into this tonight, young people understand this. There's some different things in verse number two that I want to look at tonight, lightning quick about this vineyard. I commend this keeper, Brother Wayne, tonight because he did everything that he could to make this vineyard work. He didn't go half-hearted at it. He didn't just throw some seeds in the ground. He worked at it. Can I tell you the reason this church tonight is in the position that we're in is somebody worked at it. Somebody done something. They're still doing something. They're still working. They're still driving. They're still preaching. They're still teaching. They're still giving. That's why we're fruitful. That's why we're here. 
I want you to look at tonight, number two, not only the place of the vineyard, but look at the protection of the vineyard. Brother Brandon, why is this so important? Well, here we go, and we're going to make a point and go home. But in verse number two of this chapter, number five, the Bible says, first of all, the protection of the vineyard. Look at the first part of verse number two. The Bible says, and he fenced it. Now, the he is the keeper. But it means it's pretty elementary. I don't think this, Brother Jonathan, but he put a fence all the way around the vineyard. Now, why would he do that? Can I tell you tonight, not only did the, the, the keeper pick out a very great spot to build a vineyard or plant a vineyard, but the Lord, he, after he got it picked out, he put a fence around it. First thing he done was put a fence around it. He ain't planted yet. He ain't done nothing. He put a fence around what was special to him. Can I tell you tonight, young people, and you can understand this, and I want to preach it on your level and my level is the same thing. I thought today, and you may have a theological, another third one, but this is pretty simple, so don't bust my bubble. A fence has two purposes tonight. Tristan, a fence, number one, can keep things what? Keeps things out. Secondly, a, a fence keeps things in. That's pretty much what a fence does. I think about keeping things out and say, Brother Brandon, sometimes this question is asked, and I've not had any trouble with parents, and this church has always stood behind and understand the direction that we're going, but occasionally you may get a question, Brother Brandon, why can't we do this? Or, Brother Brandon, why don't you do that? Or, Brother Brandon, why don't our church participate in this? And can I tell you that my, my, my job, and it's not because it's an occupation or a staff position, but my job as a, as a fence bearer that we'll look at in just a minute is to keep certain things out of your life as long as I can keep them out of your life so they don't become part of your life. Brother Brandy, what are, you, what are you saying? Let me tell you this much. If you've got something that's very valuable at your house or if you've got a car, your car can be pictured as a fence or whatever it may be, but if you've got an animal, if you've got a horse, that's, i got a customer at work and his horses he sells, they start at $80,000 for a horse. I'm going to say he's got some fences at his house. I don't think they're free-range horses. I mean, I think he's a lunatic, but he may sell them for that much. If he buys them for 20 sells them for 80 that's good. But if where they start at, they easily get over $100,000. When I was at one time, Brother Dalton, looking for Malachi a horse, I quickly quit talking to this guy because I said, I don't want to buy the farm. I just want to buy a horse. But a fence, I bet you, he's got fences at his house that are they're not, they're, not just, they're not just split rail. I bet he's got fences that it costs a lot of money to put up because what he's protecting is worth a lot. And I tell you, young people, one of the reasons that this vineyard is so important and one of those special things about it is this keeper, man, he put a fence up to keep certain things out of your life. Brother Brandon, I'm tired of you talking about this or Brother Brian preaching on this or, or, or illustrating this or picking on me about that or saying this about me or, or that about me. It don't matter which side of the church you're on. I'm just, I'm tired of hearing that. Can I tell you, it's a constant reminder that there's a fence, there is a boundary in your life to keep certain things out. But then on the reverse of that, a fence also keeps things in. If you got a dog, you don't want to get out. Sometimes they still get out. But if you, don't, if you want something, Brother Harold, to stay in the fence, cows or whatever it may be, you put it up because you don't want your money and your livestock to end up in 67 as a greasy spot in the road. I don't have any high-dollar cows or anything else, but I would say this, Brother Adrian, if you were to raise a cow from the time it gets to birth all the way to the time it's full grown, there's been a lot of money invested in that animal. There's been a lot of things invested, and you want to make sure that you're keeping things out that's going to hurt it, but you're keeping them in so that they don't ever get to go out and experience the things that can hurt them. Young people, you say, Brother Brandon, I don't, I don't like that. You say, Brother Brandon, I don't, I don't like the boundaries in my life. Can I tell you, we stop and say there's always going to be boundaries in your life. It don't matter whether you are. We've got business owners in this place. We've got people that, that, that have done well financially in this place. We've got people that's worked all their life to have what they have. But can I tell you, they still answer to somebody. And I still answer to somebody. 
And I don't qualify in any of the categories I just said, but I'm just saying all, with all my heart, I want to work hard for what I've got, but understand this, Brother Evan, whether, whether, whether I'm debt-free or not, or whether I, you're always going to owe somebody. Brother Brandon, I don't, I don't owe nobody nothing. I ain't, I ain't got an answer to nobody. Well, don't pay your power every one year. Don't pay your power every one month. And uh, argue with Duke and say, I paid my power bill for 40 years. I'm not paying it no more. They won't argue with you. You just won't have no lights in your house. It's simple. Because boundaries and fences, not only do we see the protection here of the vineyard, man, he, he done everything he could to protect those things going out and to protect those things going in. I know our, I know our numbers are a little bit off tonight. and Some people are sick and some people are traveling. But I thought about today, and, and, I, and it's probably going to be everybody in the church, but I still want you to do this. If you drive a van in this church, would you stand up or ride a van? Would you stand up just for a second? If you've ever rode a van. No, 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 I'm sorry. If you drive, not ride. Y'all did listen, though. You're listening. That's good. If you're a van driver or a van worker, please stand up. If you're a worker in the church, if you're a Sunday school teacher, please stand up. If you're a children's church teacher, please stand up. A youth worker, teacher, please stand up. Brother Mike, a choir leader, please stand up. Our sound team, please stand up. Our deacons, please stand up. Everybody else, I think about Brother Nathan. Y'all done involve Brother Robbie. You look around and say, Brother Brandon, what are these? These are fence posts in your life. These are fence posts that's there. Y'all can be seated. Y'all did well. But uh, that, that's... Uh, Miss Sharon, I didn't make you stand up tonight, but she's probably thankful for that. But regardless, those are fence posters in your life. Say, Brother Brandon, it seems like everywhere I turn at this church or everywhere I turn when this church is involved, I'm always running into somebody that's telling me to do this or to do that or don't do this or don't do that. That's because they love you with all of their heart. Amen. That's why they do that. Man, I got tired. You say, Brother Brandon, I just want to go somewhere where there ain't no fence posts in my life. Well, as long as you're coming to this church, there's going to be fence posts in your life. There's going to be fences that keep you in and keep you out. Because I promise you, they're looking out for the best interests of your, of your life. You say, Brother Brandon, why does that matter? Those people love you. Those people care for you. They want the best for you in your life. I got this in my notes, and I got the green light, so just time out just for a second. Y'all breathe in. I'm going to breathe because I'm about to pass out, but I... I think about in our life, said, Brother Brandon, why are you so hard about respecting those that just stood up? Well, I need to respect those that just stood up. They've, they've, they've earned that respect in my life, Brother Hoyt. Every one of them that just stood up and every one of them I could have said elder in the church. I could, I could have said something to get every person in this church standing except for the teenagers. And even some of the college and career could have stood up in a lot of that. And they did stand up in a lot of area of that. But I, I think about, and, I, and are you saying, Brother Brandon, I don't like getting in trouble. And I don't like getting you in trouble. And I know we're in a different gear tonight. Maybe we're on Facebook for a reason, but... Understand this, when, when, when someone gets on to you for, for cussing at one of those people or, or saying something you shouldn't say to one of those people or, or doing something that, that is wrong, it's not because we're mad at you. Or it's not because we hate you. If it was my little boy, there'd be a different scenario. But I'm telling you this much right now. He said, Brother Brandon, why does it matter? They love you with all of their heart. And they want the best for you in your life. And I thought about this, and man, it, it, it kills me to think that a young person, Brother, Brother Kevin, I don't think ever, except for one message, one series of messages that I preached that somebody left the youth group over it. I preached a series on why music matters, and some people left. But music does matter. It does matter. Say, Brother Brandon, you said a lot about fences. Let me tell you, every fence has a gate. You realize it's a privilege? It's a privilege for me to get to come to church. Amen. It is a privilege. Amen. That gate opens and closes. Brother Brandon, I, I deserve to come. I can come regardless. I can say this, say that, and say this, and say that. I'll say this, and we're moving on. You bet some of us ought to thank God, even when I was younger, Brother Allen, that, there, that, that there's laws that keep van drivers and, and Sunday school teachers from handling things themselves. Because if my daddy heard me cuss a van driver, Brother Rodney, he'd break my neck. If he heard me backmouth a Sunday school teacher, 
it, it wouldn't be no sitting down. Y'all wouldn't know. I grew up in Liberty Baptist Church. How many of ever been to Liberty Baptist Church? The church is a terrible design. The Sunday school goes this way, back behind the baptistry, out the other way. It's just a big circle. Me and my brother used to get whoopings in church. I know y'all think I didn't do anything wrong, but I did occasionally. Tyler got more than I got, Brother Evan, but I... My mama tells a story, I think it was my brother, I know it was my brother, because I wouldn't ever do this. Probably it was me, but I think it was Tyler. But he got up to get a whooping one day, and he got right here, Brother Marvin was preaching, he started going out that door, he looked back, and he said, y'all pray for me, out loud in church. And she started whooping him right here, and you can still, you heard him, you quit hearing him scream, and you heard him scream again when he ran behind the baptistry. Say, Brother Brandon, why is that? I was taught at a young age. I was taught at a young age that when I come to church, that these people that's in here, they have my utmost respect, and that I've got to listen to them. Brother Brandon, I do not like that. I don't care if you're sitting on this side or this side, if you're sitting in my family. Now, some of you, I can't do nothing to, and I have to go in the bathroom, bite my teeth, and say, Brother Brandon, you cannot. Let me tell you, and I done told Brother Matt, he's only, I've got permission to whoop you and your brother, because Brother Matt said if they need it and you don't do it, I'm going to whoop you, so you may get it eventually. But I've got two boys that anybody in this church can wear their tail out because they've got to learn to respect that man sitting right over there and those van drivers, those Sunday school teachers, those preachers. Brother Brian's preaching. I ain't asking a lot. Guys, but when Brother Brian's preaching to our church, and that's the least I can do is keep my Bible open and look at him while he's preaching. Man's prepared all week to do that. Brother Brandon, are you mad? I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just telling you there's certain ways Young people, you're going to get this down there tonight, so now you got a little bit of support. I ain't saying everything I should say because the adults are here. I don't want to get fired, but I, I'm just kidding. But either way, Miss Maddie, but I think about I got a group together for church, but there was one of them I said, do not let me get voted out tonight. i got to have the majority so I don't get voted out tonight. But the reality is this, guys. This guy built a vineyard, and he put fences around it because he cared about what was inside that vineyard. Brother Brandon, what has that got to do anything with my life? I see the place. I see the fruitful hill. I see the, the fences. I see all of that. I see that. I could preach tonight. I'm not going to get into the message that, that I preach at the Winter Challenge, but there's danger about living too close to the fence. There's dangers at living too close to the fence. The enemy can grab you. But number three, I think about quickly tonight, Brother Nikki, I think about not only the protection at the fence or, or the, yeah, the protection at the fence and the, and the fences or the protection of the vineyard, but I think about the, the preparation and the planning of the vineyard. Look at verse number two again. The Bible says, not only did he fence it, what's the next thing say? It says, and he gathered out the stones thereof, and he planted it with the choicest vine. So not only did he find the land, did he put a fence around it, and I'm going quickly. It ain't even, this is now 10 to 8. Going around, I ain't heard no screaming yet, so we all right. But he put a fence around it, but then, as many farmers do, Brother Wayne, he started looking for rocks, started looking for stones, and he got them out of the ground. And if you ever, been, if you ever had a rock crop, it ain't no fun. All right, Brother Dalton's got plenty at his house, too. I got a friend, Brother Chris Collins, that works for Brother Allen. I said, he was building a house or putting a trailer up, and he said, I'm tired of these rocks. I said, you got rocks? He said, I live between Rockford and, and, and Stony Knoll. He said, what do you think? Rockford, and, and he said, there's rocks everywhere because it, it hinders growth. You put rocks in a vineyard, and they can't grow. You put rocks in a garden, and the crops can't come up. So this guy not only put a fence around, he said, oh, Brother Brandon, he hired somebody to put the fence around it. I don't know how, I believe all my heart, he helped put the fence around it, but I know the Bible said that he personally began to take rocks, and he began to throw the rocks out of the field, and began to throw the rocks out of the vineyard so that there could be growth. Then the Bible said he didn't just plant seed. It, play, it said he planted the choicest vine. 
That means the best there was. Now, Brother Adrian can tell you, but I don't know the difference in corn seed from Walmart to corn seed over at, at, a, at, a, at a farm supply store. I mean, corn, I mean, listen, if you ask me to plant your corn, we could open up a can of, of Green Giant, dump it in the ground. I don't know what, how, how it is to, to plant corn. I like Green Giant. I buy it at the grocery store, not in the, the cans, don't come up on the stalk. But I think about my life, I don't know that much about seed, but there's a different quality of seed. There's good seed, there's bad seed, there's seed that's got, that, that's got a great germination or whatever you want to say, and I'm making a fool of myself saying this, but there's a seed that, that has a high quality and it has a high result at the end. And there's some that's just trash, there's some that is just left over, there's some that's not, that's, not been, that's not been taken care of. But this man removed the stones, young people, and he got the choicest vine. Stones are a hindrance to growth, as I've said. Thank God for the work that goes in to make this possible. We have no clue what God is going to do, young people, with your life, but we are a church that's fully invested into making sure that you have every opportunity to make sure it happens in your life. We can't guarantee it. I could pour, Brother Robbie, I could pour into Miss Chloe. I could pour into Brother Adam. I could pour into Brother Evan. I could pour into me. or I could pour into Jonathan or Hoyt or somebody else. I could give you every, everything in the world, Tristan, to know that, that, that you've got every choice, every chance to make it. But that don't mean you're going to make it. Somewhere across the line, it becomes personal. Somewhere across the line, you've got to want it for yourself because I can't want it for you. I can't make you, I can't make you understand how much this guy wanted to protect and how he wanted to nurture this vineyard. But he began to move stones. He began to, move, he began to plant choice vineyards. And I think about our church, every mile, every lesson, every prayer, every sweat drop, every meal. It's all, it's all been designed to make sure, young people, that you have the best opportunity to succeed in life. I would like to know, Brother Wayne, the thousands of miles, the thousands of ga gallons of gas, the thousands of hours of driving, the thousands of dollars to feed down there on Wednesday night and to provide a youth ministry and provide a winter challenge that our church has just been. You understand, Brother Wayne, it was even said back there, the budget that we set forth for our winter challenge, there's some churches that don't have that much budget for their entire year in their whole church. Why is that? Because you, there's, you'll never be able to say you don't have the opportunity to succeed in life you're a part of this church you can't brother brother Alan I can't go away from this place saying you know what I'd have been something if that church would have invested in me as a teenager no they did they are that's why I get to do what I get to do because somebody cared and somebody paid my way but the least we can do as I said a while ago we come to church brother Brandon what do you want me to do tonight you want me to pay all of it back you want me to do something special no I just I just want us to understand that this vineyard tonight it's important we see the protection we see the we see the, 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 the planning. We see the removing of the stones. We see the choicest vines going in. But not only that, number four, quickly, I see the provision of the vineyard. Brother Brandon, what do you mean by provision? The Bible says later in that verse, and he built a tower in the midst of it. So look at me. Let's just reset and get your minds back on me. Everybody look at me. Everybody say, hey, if you see my eyeballs. Hey, some of you ain't looking at me, but look right here, all of you. Everybody on this side see my eyeballs. We're resetting and starting over. If you ain't listened yet, give me five minutes and we'll be done-ish, right? So, you're looking at me? Okay. So tonight, I think about this text. We see we, we've got a vineyard. Where did he plant it? He planted it in a good spot, didn't he? He put a fence all the way around it, Miss Kira. He got the stones out, Brother Evan. He planted the choicest seeds. But then he done something that I wouldn't ever know to do if I was building a vineyard. He said he built a tower in the midst of it. Now, why would he build a tower in the midst of it? Then I got to thinking last night, and I said amen. I was amening, Brother Brian, but I was also amening because God showed me what he meant. He built a tower in the midst of the vineyard so that somebody could be up high and could watch over everybody that was down low. And I say, well, how does that apply to our church? Then I start thinking about this wooden thing right here that's in the front of our church. 
that's not elevated, Brother Mike, because the man standing behind it is any better than below her, but it's elevated up here so he can see the whole congregation. Can I tell you tonight, if our church is a vineyard, that is our tower. And I'll condense it right here and say this. Our church has a lot of blessings, and I know I'm biased. His family is not here tonight. Maybe with him, I don't know, and I was going to tell Miss Christie to plug her ears, but there's not a greater blessing to our church than the man that stands behind this tower every week. Brother Brandon, you're biased about that. Well, I may be biased, and I'm not standing up here when I said it because I'm not that man, and I'm not your pastor, and it's my honor to be a youth and be his assistant, whatever he needs me to be, go for whatever it may be, but this is the tower. Now, why was there a tower in this story? I get the fence. I get the getting the rocks out, Brother Evan. I get the planting the choice grapes, the vines. But what's the tower for? Well, I just told you. Whoever's in that tower tonight, Brother Rodney, he can not only see what's coming towards the fence, sound the alarm, but he can also see things that's growing in the vineyard that shouldn't be growing in the vineyard, and then he can get those out. Well, Brother Brian, I don't like when Brother Brian preaches on things in my life. Well, join the crowd. Neither do I. I don't like sitting there thinking, I'm the youth pastor. Why am I sweating when he's preaching? Because everything ain't right in my life all the time. You realize that I may be thinking something I shouldn't be thinking? I could be sitting there thinking about Longhorn. Ain't nothing wrong with Longhorn, but it is about 11 o'clock on Sunday morning because that ain't what I'm supposed to be thinking about. But I think about you know, somebody could move or something could do something or Josiah could rattle a car or I could be, Malachi could draw on my pants or something and I immediately get in the flesh and brother, brother Adam and I think oh, my mind's gone, but he is there to bring me back. Do you realize my family needs help? Hey, sometimes I leave brother Allen and my backside hurts, my heart hurts, and sometimes I think it may be personal, but then I, get, then I ask him about it and he ain't got a clue what I'm talking about because he just preached what God told him to preach. Amen. But the guy behind our, our tower in this story, he cared for this vineyard. He cared for it. He cared for it. I, I, I edited, for my wife's sake, I edited a lot of this, Brother Wayne, but I'm going to say part of it because God gave me the green light, but I edited it because Brother Brandon's opinion does not matter right now. God's opinion matters. But our pastor's not here tonight. This is perfect. I know why Facebook went down, Brother Allen, because I needed to say this, and I, didn't, I don't need to get crucified. I may still get crucified, but it's okay. I got five. that ain't going to let me get voted out tonight without a fight. Evan's kind of like four and a half. He was like, well, maybe, I don't know. But I think about our pastor. We're coming to a special part of the year. I don't mean to bust nobody's bubbles right here. But in a couple months, we get to vote on our pastor. Everybody understand that? Well, Brother Brandon, and it, it ain't, it's, that's your obligation. That is your right. That is. That is your right. But I say this. I say, our deacons ain't saying this. I'm saying this. And it's okay either way. Brother Brandon, I don't like what he says, so I'm going to vote no. Well, do, I, do you think he likes everything that I say? but does he vote no against me? Nope. Brother Brandon, I don't like the things that he preaches on. I don't like the ways that he handles things. Do you think he thinks I handle everything right in my life, Brother Hoyt? Nope. But I don't see many churches where the pastor gets to vote on members. That'd be ugly. That'd be real bad. I'd skip church that day because I know how that's going to... I'm saying this, say that. You say, Brother Brandon, you can't tell me that. I'm not. I'm just saying this. Brother Brandon, Brother Brian's not perfect. He says it from the pulpit. And I'm not perfect. You say, well, Brother Brown, you just cut your own throat. We vote on you, too. Yeah, but my vote's verbal. It's going to take some courageousness to vote no against me because I'm sitting right there. But his is silent. But it's okay either way. My point is this. If there's ever been a time that our vineyard is growing, how many churches, I'm not going to count tonight, but I'm going to say probably, Brother Kevin, there's 40 young people sitting right here. 40. How many churches would love, Brother Allen, to have 40 people, 40 young people sitting on the front part of their church these churches, it would like to have to have four. You say, Brother Brandon, you're the youth pastor. This ain't my doing. We got a church that's in line with the Bible. 
we got a church that's in line with our pastor. And he's hammered down. You don't believe me. When he gets about right here and he crosses his arms and that head starts glowing and he quotes everything from the A to Z that I can't remember if he wrote it down, he's plugged in. I mean, there ain't nobody pulling his cord out of the wall. He's plugged in and it ain't nothing else but the Holy Ghost helping him. Brother Brandon, what does that mean, young people? I say this, say this. This vineyard, you say, I'm unplugging you right now. I don't like what you say. I understand that. I'm okay with that. You're not going to like everything I say from up here. But it's okay, I'm almost done. The bad part for y'all is we're going into fall, and I get to preach more in the fall. So I'll give you the dates that I'm preaching so you don't have to come if you don't want to hear me. But I'm saying this to say this tonight. This is our vineyard. Young people, this church loves you. Adults, our pastor loves us. This is our vineyard. There's got to be a fence. There's got to be some work. There's got to be some planning. But there's got to be a tower. Got to be a tower. Brother Brandon, what happens if we come to church? Well, just imagine this. Now, I know me and Brother Evans here and others that could get up here and teach Sunday school better than I could ever preach and, and do a wonderful job, male or female, whatever it may be tonight you can teach and you've got intellect and you're right, but what would it be to come to church without a tower, without a pastor? It'd be terrible. I'm, I'm, I'm putting a lot of faith into his, his messages. There's a lot on him. You realize that I'm, I'm, I'm trusting. The reason my family comes to church, and I'm trying to quit, Brother Allen, but the reason we come to church is I want my two little boys to be saved at a young age. One of them already is. But I got another one. And I'm trusting that that man of God studies enough to make sure that he's preaching what's going to convict that little boy's heart, and I'm going to see him come to get saved. That's, I'm putting a lot of stock in my man of God. Now, I know he's got Sunday school teachers, and I know he's got Miss Kaylin, and I'll never forget that night she's preaching, or she's preaching. She could preach, I guess, but she was teaching. I'm glad we're on Facebook now. They've got women preachers here, too. But I, I think about it in that class. She said something about Jesus being on the cross, and he came out of class. He told his brother, he said, Jesus is on the cross. Malachi said, no, he's not. He got off. He said, no, -uh. when we left class, he was still on the cross. But she finished that later and made sure he knew he got off the cross. But it could be a Sunday school teacher, guys, and I'm closing, and I'm saying this. Out of all of this, we ought to thank God for the tower in our vineyard. I'm thankful for the fences. I bump into them every once in a while. I get too close. I'm thankful for those that took rocks and threw them out of the way so that I could grow. I'm thankful for those that planted good seed in my, my life so that I could come up and, and wear a suit and be a youth pastor. There's been a lot of work in my vineyard in my life. But every, every field I've been in, Brother Dalton, has had a man of God. Brother Marvin Blackburn, Brother Bruce Freeman, my dad. Turner's Creek for a brief season in our life. My pastor here at this church, I've been very, very, very blessed to always have a watchman that's watching out for my life. That's why the vineyard is so important. We see the protection, the provision. We see the work that goes into it. God, but it all comes down to this, and I'm, I'm done. Miss Savannah, you're coming. Brother Brandon, I don't know how in the world a vineyard applies to my life. Let me break it down for you in a, in a matter of two minutes, really less than that. This vineyard shows that Somebody cared enough to provide a place for this vineyard to grow. You're sitting in that place tonight, Dawson. Hoyt, you're sitting in that place tonight. Miss Elliot, right there where you are, some family paid for that seat. They've got you in a vineyard. Then there's been teachers and preachers that's come along the way and they put fences around your life, not to box you in, not to say, do this, do that, don't go to the bathroom during church, take your hats off during church, no AirPods, no phones. And sometimes that's like a broken record, but all I'm doing is teaching you things that I've been put inside of me that's changed my life. I'm not being ugly. I'm not being ugly. I love wearing hats, especially if they say chosen on them. I like wearing ear pods. I go to sleep with them all the time. Christy fusses at me at the house. But there's a couple hours of the week, guys, and, and coming to church and focusing on church and not worried about hunting or anything else, and I love all of that. I'm trying to cover all the bases tonight and every person that's here. 
but our, our, our focus is making sure this vineyard's growing, and then those that's worked in my life, those that's planted in my life, those that's washed out for my life. But I, I would dare say, Brother Mike, looking at this text, I can't think of a better farmer that's been described right here in this text. He's done everything. He's done everything he can to make sure this is right. I mean, he's planted, he's got everything ready, but the cane, the ground's level. He's done everything he can to make this vineyard work. But yet, what happens? What's the outcome of the vineyard? Some of you remember what I said. The Bible says here in verse number 2, after he fenced it, he gathered up the stones thereof. He planted it with a choice vine. He built a tower in the midst of it. He also made a wine press. I didn't get on the wine press tonight. Why did he build a wine press? He was expecting to get what? Grapes. He plant, the grapes ain't come up yet. He said, I'm going to build a wine press because I know I've done everything right and there's going to be a harvest. It'd be good for our church to continue to always provide in advance because we know God's going to save your souls. God's going to do things in your life. God wants to do things in your life. He built a wine press, but the outcome of this is simple. Verse number 2, the end of the verse, it said it should have brought forth grapes, but it brought forth what? Wild grapes. Now, Brother Agent, that don't make sense. He done everything right. He done everything perfect. He tried to get everything in order. He set boundaries. He worked. He planted, and still some of them come up wild grapes. This is my point. She's playing, and we're closing. Brother Allen, you could pour a million dollars into my life. You could provide vans, you could provide church pews, you could pay for beach trips, you could do everything in my life. But can I tell you, out of the 40 here, they steal somebody tonight that is not listening, that does not care. Brother Brown, Brother Brown even in our church, what I said about our pastor, his family ain't here. It couldn't have worked out no more perfect tonight, and I don't know where she's at. I ain't wishing bad on her, but other than his mom and daddy being here, and they'll lay me in me whether I'm right or wrong or not. And, uh, but I think about this. Brother Brandon, it don't matter what I said tonight, whether it was good, bad, ugly, whether I made a mess or not, this church could do everything, Brother Wayne, to make sure I had an opportunity, and I could still turn out wrong. Because it's not a guarantee. What breaks my heart any more than anything, Brother Allen, is to see kids that had the potential to make it in youth, and they just quit, just walked away. They got mad, or they just seen something better, or... They, they, they were too close to the fence and the enemy plucked them over, but they just quit. Brother Brandon, what, what did we do wrong? We didn't do nothing wrong. The purpose of this is this, the end of the, end of the day, it's your choice whether you're going to come out profitable or you're going to come out wild and something that's going to be trash. The end of this, the end of this scripture, Brother Evan, the Bible says that he removed the hedges, he removed the fences, the beasts come in, they destroyed the vineyard, they raided it. It's matter they ripped it to pieces and destroyed everything that this man had tried to put in. This is my challenge. If you haven't got anything else, get this. Don't, I, don't, don't dare allow Satan, the world, friends, relationships, even parents, to pull away what God's trying to put into you. The camps, the winter challenges, the services, the church meetings, the revival meetings, all of this, Petey, we're so blessed we don't even know it to get to hear the preaching that we get to hear, that we get to hear the singing we get to hear. We're blessed. But don't be somebody that at the end of the day walks away and the vineyard's destroyed because it went in one ear, out the other ear, nobody cares. Brother Brandon, I just come to church to see my friends. I get that. Brother Brandon, I just come to church to see a girl or a boy. I get that. But while we're here, the reason that you hear the do's, the don'ts, the do's, the don'ts, and why we do this, why we do that, is because we're trying to grow a vineyard that's going to have good grapes, that God's going to use your life, that God's going to multiply your life that God's going to make something out of your life. I love you. This church loves you.
Brother Brian don't know what I'm preaching. He may find out. He can't find out through Facebook. But he may find out and never let him preach again. But with all my heart, I, I mean this tonight. I'm thankful for the investments in my life. I'm thankful for those that believed in me. We need to appreciate the things that's invested in our life. Take care of them. Honor them. Respect them. Make sure that we're doing our best to uplift Christ. Take care of our vineyard tonight. Lord, we thank you tonight. Every head bowed, every eye closed, we stand to our feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We thank you tonight, Lord, for loving us. God, I know, God, tonight, God, this may not have clicked in anybody's mind like it clicks in mine, like I preached it to myself today, God, but with all that's within me. God, I'm thankful for this spiritual God vineyard, if you will, tonight here on the side of the road. God, thank you, God, for moving in my life. God, for showing me, God, I hadn't always been perfect. I hadn't, I'm still not perfect, but God, I was taught some things at a young age, God, that we're going to be dealing with in the next couple weeks with these young people, God, to try to change their life, God, to try to help them. And I pray, God, they'd receive it, God, out of love, God, not out of hatred, God, not out of ridicule, not out of ugliness, God, but just to understand, God, tonight I've tried to paint a picture why we're going down this path, why our church invests, why our church is the way that it is, even to our adults here tonight, why we ought to honor our man of God, why we ought to come to church faithfully, why we ought to do all of these things. It's because somebody has paid the price. Somebody's picked out the land. Somebody has done everything, God, to prepare. They've removed the rocks, God. They have removed the stones. They've planted the vines. God, they've done everything, God, to make a reason, God, to make a chance for me to live in my life. I pray, God, moving forward, God, through the hard times, the good times, the hard decisions, the easy decisions that all of these young people, God, both sides of the church, God, from the front to the back, all of these adults would know that, God, there's decisions that's made with their best interests at heart. God, there's decisions, there's messages that God gives our church, God, that hurts, God, that gives our church that's good, that's hard. God, but all of it is to make sure our vineyard has a chance to survive. I thank you, God, for this reality. God, I know the skeleton, God, of this message, God, literally comes from sitting on the front pew of a church last night listening to my pastor preach, God, but you spoke to me through this text. And I pray, God, we'd apply it to our life, God, as we move forward. God, we need these things as we said, we every head bowed and every eye closed tonight as he's pray on the altar. Hello, friends. This is Brian Poindexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation, they prepare for retirement, they seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. 
The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words, good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. You must understand that you are loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, and if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, you believe Jesus died for your sins and if you asked him to save you then the Bible declares you've been saved if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior then you've been forgiven of all your sin Romans 8 1 declares there is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit once a person has been saved they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family 
is our prayer.